amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I was blind, but now I see. Grace is amazing, the songwriter said. But can we know why grace is so amazing? Yes, we can. The Bible tells us so. Grace is so amazing because it saves us from God's wrath. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 said, When the grace of God appeared, it brought salvation. Salvation from sin, death, and hell. Hence, we sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Good evening. This is Percy Garrett, and this is our time of workout in the gym and in the Word of God. Tonight's workout in the gym will be chest and triceps again. The routine continues. The regimen goes on. The habit is always the same. We do the same thing over and over again. In the gym and in the Word. That's how we learn and that's how we grow. So tonight I'm going to start on the resistance machine again. If you don't have a resistance machine, you can simply do some push-ups. Push-ups give you pressure and resistance. It gives you pressure when you're uh, pressing up and gives you resistance when you're going down. So I'm going to do the same thing on this resistance machine. I'm going to get pressure and I'm going to get resistance. Are y'all ready? Are you on the floor for your push-ups? If you are, here we go. Someone needs to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Oh, it's pressure. It is pressing my chest, which is a good thing. Uh, one old Christian said that he was pressed on all sides. And that's what we do in the gym. We put pressure on all sides of the body to uh, carve it, uh, to build it, to make it fit. Once again, for the master's use. I'm going to do three sets here on the uh, resistance machine. And once we leave the resistance machine, 
we're gonna head over to the bench and do bench presses. But we got two different body parts to, to hit, to work while at this station. The chest and the triceps. They work together, you know. When you're doing uh, bench press, you don't use your bicep too much, you use your triceps. You need good tricep muscles to do chest exercises, such as bench presses and and uh, uh, push-ups. It's hard to do push-ups if you don't have strong triceps. That's too much, too much of a break. I'm, I'm taking too much time on the break. Here we go, y'all. One more set. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. All right. I remember when I was a young man, I went to the war. And when I got there, it was a bloody time. Lives were being lost on both sides. Bodies were being mangled on both sides. And uh, my unit would go out on patrols to patrol that territory. And when they would come back, they would come back bringing in the wounded and the dead. Especially the man who walked point. He uh, was in a, in a position to die every time he went on patrol. They would always bring back the point man dead. So after I'd been there for, for a little while, my, uh, my fire team leader came to me, and this is after one of our best point men died. His name was Tiny. Tiny was from Texas. He was almost uh, six feet five. He was a big man, tall and big, but he couldn't stop a bullet. He was no Superman. So he went out one day with the unit, walking point but he did not walk back. They were ambushed, and he was the first one to get it. Because he was the first man in the line of the volleys of fire. And they brought him back. The Marines never left a man. But when they brought him back, my fire team leader said to me, Garrett, you're next. I didn't say a word. I just knew that I was pressed. Since I didn't have a choice to do what I, what I was, was told to do, I, I knew I was pressed. And I was pressed to do a good job and protect my fellow Marines. 
and they mattered to me. So I did the best job I could do. I had 20-20 vision about it. So I could see if the enemy were in the area, if they moved, or if they did not move, I saw them. And I was able to, and I was able to give a, an early warning. And I did that for about eight months. I walked point for just about eight months. Once you do it a while, uh, your unit doesn't want anyone else to do it because you become good at it. And after eight months of doing it, I have become good at it. The pressure put me there and the pressure kept me there. I, I was pressed to do a good job of keeping my unit safe and flushing out the enemy. So right now, doing these exercises, we're putting uh, pressure on the body. The chest is being pressed. It's flushing out the, the, all those oxidants. It's flushing out those things that the body does not need, such as the fat, and building the muscle group. Pressure is good sometimes. So here we go. We're going to make sure that we use the, the good side of pressure. Last set for the chest. Ah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. All right. I was saying to some of you that if you do not have a a machine, if you don't have weights, you can do push-ups. And push push-ups are a good exercise to keep the body fit. People uh, in the military, in different environments do a lot of push-ups to stay in shape. It doesn't matter where they are. If they're on ships, they do push-ups. If they are in, on the battlefield in a lull in the war, they do push-ups. And, and the good thing about push-ups is that it doesn't take any noise to do them. So you can do those on the battlefield behind, behind or, or in front of the enemy as long as they cannot, as long as they cannot see you. But you can do push-ups and keep the body fit. Even those who are in prison, they keep the body fit and the mind intact by doing push-ups. Push-ups are a great exercise for keeping the body and the mind. Okay, now we got we got to put pressure on those triceps, and we do that by putting our, our hands on the same bar that we use for our chest. Then our hands were spread apart about shoulder width, but now we're going to put our hands closer together. 
about four inches, three to three to four inches, and, we, and we're going to isolate and impact the triceps. And if you don't have uh, a resistance machine, push-ups are good. Once again, for this exercise, instead of having your hands shoulder width apart, you put your hands closer together. Um, you, you can almost actually touch your hands while you're doing this exercise. And go down and back up, down and back up, and you can feel the pressure on the triceps. All right, let's go ahead and do it. I want to do about 20 repetitions. I normally do more, but because we got other things to do, I want to stop at 20. Here we go. Someone count. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. And, and when you're doing push-ups, uh, for your triceps, having your hands close together, you can position your position your hand hand in different ways. Put you can put your hands in different positions. Uh, you can uh, have your index fingers touching one another. That'll hit the triceps in, in, in one way. You can, you can spread your hand out uh, with your thumbs touching each other, with the index fingers out, facing out. Uh, that will impact the triceps a different way. So you, you can change the position of your hands to impact those triceps in different ways while doing push-ups, close hand push-ups. All right, I'm gonna do one more set. I don't wanna rest too long because time is fleeting and the pressure is on. That's what we're talking about tonight, pressure. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And the question can be asked, have, have you ever been pressured? Have you been pressed to do something? Sometimes things that you wanted to do and you were pressed. But how about when you were pressed to do something that you didn't want to do? that you know that you should not do. That was a man, man of God in uh, Judges chapter 16. A strong man of God who was empowered not only by his physical and natural strength but he was empowered by the strength of God, the Holy Spirit. And as long as he didn't do something to cause the Holy Spirit to leave him, he had that power. 
But one day he, he found this this Philistine woman that he fell in love with. And she she was paid to find out what Samson's strength was and, and where it came from. How did he have so great strength? How could he kill a, a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass? How could he uh, tear off, uh, tear the city gates off of its foundation and drag it up a hill? How could he do that? The Philistines were fearful of Samson because he was such a strong man. And they wanted to know how he got this strength so that, so that they would have the information on how to attack them and overcome it. So they paid Delilah to find out. And she had honey drip lips. And she would say to him, Samson, what is the source of your strength? Now, Samson uh, let her on, and he, he uh, would say things to her that were not true. But she kept on pressing, because she had not yet convinced Samson to tell her where his strength came from. And the only way that she was going to get all this money from these Philistines was to find out where Samson actually got his strength from. You know, she she tied his hair up, and that didn't work when the Philistines came to came to capture him. That didn't work. They tied him up, and she tied him up in a rope. And when the Philistines came, he broke the rope. What a strong man of God! But she kept on. She kept on pressing him. Let me do a set. Great was the man of God named Samson. There you go, y'all. Are you in position? Are you in position for your push-ups? Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, oil, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. That's not me crying. That's, that's the machine crying like that, y'all. I'm, I'm putting pressure on this machine. It's pressing my chest, and I'm pressing the machine. How about that? Okay, we're going to stand up, get up, stand up, and head for the... bench press. Well, we're going to do some, some more chest workout. I am ready like Freddy. We're going to do chest first on this machine and then triceps. This machine is a chest bench press machine. So I can lay down on it and push the bar up over my chest. Bring it back down to my chest and push it back up. Bring it down, push it back up. If you have a bench press, you can do the same thing. 
If you don't, you can get you some some heavy bottles, some some two liter bottles, and uh, uh, do your bench press. I'm going to try to do ten repetitions. You might be able to do more if the if the bottles don't weigh too much. But we're going to do this. We're going to put some pressure on the chest. Let me do a quick set. Then we'll come back and talk about the strong man of God named Samson. Y'all ready? <clears throat> All right, get this barbell situated. All right. All right. Here we go. Ah! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Ah. Ooh, that feels so good. This feels good, y'all. Let's see if I can get up. Ah. Don't want to lay down too long. I get sleepy. I want to lay down too long, so I just guess I better get up off that bench. But. I, I don't have the strength, the natural strength that Samson had because his natural strength was empowered by supernatural strength, the Holy Spirit. So Delilah with, with those honey drip lips continued to press him. You, you know how they do. She said, if, if if you love me, you'll tell me the source of your strength. If you care, if you have my best interest at heart, that's what love is, y'all. Love is having the other person's best interest at heart. But I can, get, but I can guarantee you this. Samson may have had Delilah's best interest at heart. But she, did, but she didn't have his best interest at heart. Her interest was in the money now. You know what they used to say. Uh, love is a five-letter word. M-O-N-E-Y. And I'm sure, sure that Delilah was like some of the ladies, some of the girls of today. This is the material world. And I am a material girl. What have you done for me lately? Mm. No money, no honey. So she, so she said, Samson, if you love me, I mean, and she said it like that. She had honey dripping all over her lips. And Samson couldn't take it. And he told her that if he cut his hair, if, if he broke the Lever, the Nazarite vow, he was he was on a Nazarite vow to never cut his hair. He, he, he had a lifetime vow to God to serve him all of his days. 
And if he cut his hair, he couldn't do it because he broke that vow that he, that he had with God. And he told her. And then as, and I'm, I want to be as reverent as possible with this when talking about, when talking about God's anointed. But, but, but the fool laid down and went to sleep in Delilah's lap. And she called in a barber. And that barber cut off Samson's hair. And the Philistines came in. And the Bible says that Samson shook himself. Oh, you know, he's ready, he's ready to fight. He's ready to get it on. But Delilah had, had his hair cut. And he was too weak to fight. He had natural strength. He had physical strength. But he had no supernatural power. So they grabbed him. And they overcame him. And they and, and they gouged out his eyes. And he never saw naturally again. Never saw again. And they took him to prison. They dragged him to prison to die in prison. The rot in prison. And I, and I can guarantee you that Delilah never came to see him. She went about enjoying her life with all that money. For the love of money, she, she sold Samson. And Samson felt what? He lost all of that power. But his hair began to grow back while he was in prison. Let me do another set here. Ah! Here we go, y'all. One quick set. Ah, here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen repetitions. How about that, y'all? How about that? Can I do it? Can I be like Samson? Can I be like Samson? Oh. <clears throat> so, Samson was in prison for a while, and, and they, wouldn't get, they wouldn't give him a haircut. <laughs> they wouldn't even cut the man's hair while he was in prison. So his hair began to grow back, and uh, he talked to the Lord and, and prayed to the Lord that he would get his strength back. To enable him to to enable to enable him to destroy the Colosseum where 
thousand of the Philistines that gathered to watch him uh, being mocked as an animal in front of them. They wanted him to make sport and play the food in front of them. That was their football game. But Samson prayed to the, to the Lord for strength to avenge his eyesight loss and to judge Israel in leadership in giving, in giving them the victory over the Philistines even at the point of his death. That's what he did. He, he, he had himself placed between two pillars of that Colosseum. And the people were sitting in upper places of the Colosseum so that they could look down at him playing the fool. They prayed to the Lord that he could destroy those Philistines, the enemies of Israel, Israel's enemies. And God, the Holy Spirit, came back, came back upon Samson, giving him supernatural power once again. And with one huge effort, he pushed those pillars down. Supernatural strength. And the Colosseum began to crumble and the folks began to die. And Samson died too. But the Bible said that he, he killed more of Israel's, Israel's enemy at his death than he did when he was alive. So he avenged Israel and he avenged his own sight loss because he, he he prayed to his God you know when I say this I want to be once again as reverent as possible but I want to say this that Samson put pressure on the Lord in a good sense, he, he pressed the Lord. And you know, we're told to do that. We're told to press the Lord. We're told that men ought always to pray without ceasing. We're told we have not because we ask not. We're told to seek and we shall find. We're told to knock and it shall be opened. And Samson did that. He pressed the Lord. And the Lord answered Samson and gave him the victory. All right. Let's, do, let's put more pressure on this, on this barbell. <clears throat> because time is fleeting. Y'all ready? Are you in the push-up position? Are you under the bench? Not under the bench. Under the barbell? On the bench. Here we go. Ah. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Why about that for pressure? Pressure on the chest. Now you know when you put pressure on the chest, it swells it up. It swells it up. If you and if you put enough weight on the bar, the chest begins to not just swell, because swelling is just puff, puffing, puffiness. Uh, it puffs it up. But it goes down in a, in a in a hour or so. It goes back down. It doesn't stay up there. It doesn't stay puffed up. But if you put put enough weight on it on the bar and continue doing it over a period of time, it builds bulk. So, so you don't have a puffed up chest. You have bulk. You have a a muscular bulk. <laughs> oh boy now what we're going to do uh, is lay back down on the bench and we're going to do some uh, tricep exercises on the same bar same bench but not the same way we're going to put our hands closer together about four inches apart that will once again impact the tricep muscles it will isolate those tricep muscles that's what it's all about it's about isolating isolating the muscle group to, to impact the muscle group uh it, it will be a good thing for us to study the the, the anatomy of the body that way we'll know what we're doing when we work out. Uh, just one quick question before I lay down. Why are those muscles in the back of my arm and your arm called triceps? I have six muscles in the back of my two arms. Three behind each arm three muscles in the back of my arm. Each arm has three muscles. That's what they call triceps. Three muscles. Tri means three, duo means two. Is there, is there a Bible in the book called, called duo? They have that word duo in its spelling. Yes, that sure is. It's in the Old Testament. It's the book of the law. Uh, and the duo means the second book of the law. And that book is Deuteronomy. Duo, duet. Ah. Y'all ready? For these triceps to be beaten. I'm ready, y'all. Here we go. Here we go. Uh-oh. Ah! 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen big ones. Ah, me rise and shine. Man, those triceps are in pretty good shape for an old fella. So, there are more times than not where people are pressed in the scripture. We look at uh, Tamar, David's daughter. You know, that were two prominent Tamars in the Bible. Judah's daughter-in-law, whom he fathered two sons by. Then there was David's daughter named Tamar. Tamar was a pretty girl. And her brother loved her in the wrong way. And, and what I mean by that is that he loved her for his own gain. He had his own feelings, his own desires at heart. So, so he, he had a, a friend who told him, if you, if you love her that much, this is what you should do. You should play sick. And then asked David, the king, to send her to you to care for you, to nourish you back, to, to nourish and nourish you back to health. And David was glad to do that. That was his son and his daughter. He trusted his son. But I got news for y'all. You can't trust your relatives with your children. I don't care who they are. There are so many children that have been molested by relatives and sometimes friends. So we really have to be guarded when it comes to our children. Well, David tr trusted his son and sent his daughter, his son's sister, his half-sister, that different mothers, same daddy. David was their dad. And she began to nurse him nourish him, cook for him. And she attempted to bring him a meal or cook him a meal. And instead of him going to the table, she invited him to the table, it, it, it seems. But he asked her to bring the meal to his room. And being unaware of, she did. 
and he 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 loved her so much. I'm gonna lay back down on this one. He he loved her so much. He desired her so much. I'm, I'm gonna get down in the position and do some more tractors. He 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 desired her so much, y'all. I'm gonna say this before I start this exercise. He raped her. He took his own sister. Ah. Ah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, eighteen, fourteen, fifteen. Oh, that felt good. Tricep popping out like Jack in the Box. He raped his sister, his own sister. And then the Bible said he hated her. I don't know what it is with men. Young man see a young lady. And they just desire to have her. Sexually. I say they. But all men. The whole world of men, not not every man, but the whole world of men are like that. And, and once this girl had been overpowered, not that she had to rape her to do those kind of things, but you coerce her into having sex with you. And then she's hated. I don't know why. I think we're like dogs. We 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 get what we want. We chew the meat off the bones and bury the bone. But Amnon hated. He now hated Tamar, his sister. I mean, he he raped her and had, had sex with her. And he don't, know, he don't know if she's pregnant or not. She, she don't, he don't know if she's with, with child or not. But he defiled her. In, in those days, sometimes a defiled woman would be forever unmarried. An old hag. They become an old hag. And, and, and he instead of loving his sister he hated her and she told him you you don't have to take me I, I, I will give myself to you just ask my daddy let's, let's do it the right way 
The king will give me to you. He will not withhold me from you. And even after he had taken her, he still could have asked the king for her. And she would have married him. But you know what he did? To her? He pressed her and said, get out of my house. Go away. And she went away in shame. And she told her other brother, Absalom, and nothing happened to Amnon for two years. Two years, Tamar had to live with this grief, this hurt and pain and shame. And Amnon was living free. I'm going to do this last set of triceps. Mm. But while Amnon was living free, Absalom was plotting in his own mind to avenge his sister. Here we go. Ah, he was pressed to do that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And uh, he knew that it's dead, David. Should have been the one fresh to do that. To take care of, of Amnon for doing what he did to his sister. But for two years, David did nothing. So, after the answer, into his own hands to take care of Amnon to avenge your sister. Uh, a time came when uh, Absalom had to shear his sheep and he got all of his sheep shears together after the, sh the shearing was done to have a, uh, a celebration. And he went to King David and asked David to allow all of his other sons to come to that celebration. All of his sons. David said, well, I, I bless you, Absalom, but we, we all don't have to come because we'll be chargeable to you. We'll eat and drink too much and we'll have to stay with you and burden you down with having to take care of all of us. But we'll send some of the uh, son, some of your brothers. And David blessed them and said, you, you know, you guys have a good time. But then Absalom said, let Amnon come, send Amnon too. David said, why? And Absalom said that he's my, <laughs> he's my brother. Let him come. He pressed David into uh, sending Af to Amnon to the, to the celebration. And when 
uh, Amnon got there, Absalom said to his men, his friends, when Amnon starts to get drunk, <laughs> when he begins to have a, a good time in the wine, kill him. Kill him. Kill him. He pressed David, the Bible said. He pressed David into uh, bringing, uh, sending Af uh, Amnon to the celebration. He pressed him. Then he pressed his friends and men to kill him. To put him to death. Pressure can cause a man to do a lot of things, y'all. We either have to be under the pressure of God through his word or the pressure of the world. I can tell you this, both, both Amnon and Absalom were under the pressure of the world. For I, I know that both these men know that God answers prayer. And for Absalom, he knew God's word that said, vengeance is mine. I shall repay, says the Lord. For he didn't have to worry about Amnon. He didn't have to worry about getting vengeance upon Amnon, because God was, was going to do it. Whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. I know that means a different thing uh, for us in, in uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. But uh, we know that when we sow to the sinful flesh, from the sinful flesh we shall reap. For God is not mocked. All right. I'm over here on the peck deck machine right now. You know what? I'm not going to do pack decks. Because you may not be able to do that. You may not be in the gym. So what I'm going to do, I want to push this bench back out from, from the pack deck machine. And I want you to grab some dumbbells, two dumbbells, two lightweight dumbbells. And if you don't have dumbbells, you know what to do. Two bottles with some liquid inside of them. Let me tell you something that you can do if you want to do that. You can take two bottles, uh, several bottles, different sizes, and if you wanted to, you can put sand in them. If you got sand around your place, put sand in those bottles, and you got dumbbells, <laughs> you got weights. All right, let me go ahead and put this bench in the inclined position. There we go. I'm going to grab me a couple of dumbbells. And we're going to do dumbbell flies. I'm going to lay on my back. And we're going to do some dumbbell flies. We're not going to fly away. But we're going to build that chest up. Now, these are lightweight, so it doesn't really build a lot of muscles. But it cuts the muscles. It, it rips the muscles. Make you look good. Ah, let's see. Y'all ready? 
You can lay on the floor and do these or lay on your bed. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> if you got a bench, lay on your bench. I'm going to do mine in an incline position. But you can do it either way you want to do it. Flat bench or incline. And the way you do these, you lay back on your on your back with dumbbells, a dumbbell in each in each hand, and you stretch your hand out to your side, and you bring the dumbbells up to where they meet, straight up over your over your chest. Let me go ahead and lay down and do a set. I got my hands out. On both sides, and bring the dumbbells up when they touch. Oh, I'm, they, now they're over my head now. They're, they're not near my chest. They're over my over my chest, over my head. Um, they're straight above my head with the dumbbells touching. I'm going to go back down. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, and 15. All right, that felt good. Good, sir. That stretches those, those pec muscles, those pectorials. Mm. So instead of putting pressure on them this time, I'm, I'm stretching them and putting some pressure on them when I bring them back up and squeeze them. But when I, when I, uh, Take the weight down by my side. That's stretching those muscles. When I bring them back up, that's squeezing them. And that's kind of putting pressure on them. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're putting pressure on these muscles. And we press towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All right. I don't want to take too long of a break. I'm going to lay back down with the dumbbells in my hands. So here we go, y'all. I got my mind made up. I'm going to put pressure on this chest. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. All right. Mm. One more set. And then we're going to do some tricep exercises with a dumbbell. I'm going to show you two different ways we can do this with the uh, dumbbells. We can take one dumbbell, one light dumbbell, and work one arm at a time. And I'll show you how to do that. Let me do one last set of these dumbbell flies for the chest. Here we go. Ah! Eight, nine, ten, 
if I was not on mute. <clears throat> I don't think I was. What am I doing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna dump one of these dumbbells and bring my bet my bench up. Ah. Right. Now what I'm gonna do is take one of these take this, this this last dumbbell I have in my hand, put it in my right hand, and bring my right hand up over my head. Here we go. Got left there. I got my hand, my arm straight up. I got my my right hand wrapped around the dumbbell with my palms facing toward my head. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to drop this dumbbell behind my back as far as I can. Uh, and only my forearm is going to move. My upper arm is going to remain still, isolating the triceps. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. All right. You know I had a uh a time in the war when I was wounded. In my right arm and upper shoulder, I was uh, hit by B-40 rocket scrapnel, and it tore my shoulder and arm apart. Uh, I received a purple heart. My my, my uh, purple heart was given to me at, at in my hospital bed. They had to put steel. Uh, staples in my arm to hold it together after they had done the surgery. So, because of my extensive workout, I've had minimal problems with that arm and shoulder. Here we go. One more set on this tricep exercise. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten. Once again, put put that weight in your left hand. Extend your arm toward your hand toward the ceiling. Your arm straight up in a vertical position. Then drop that forearm behind your neck as far as possible. Not moving your upper arm. Your upper arm remains still. And then extend your Forearm back up and back down, back up and back down. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. All right. Now what I'm going to do. If you don't have a, a bench, you can do it over standing up. Or sit down on a chair. Either way, it doesn't matter. But what we're gonna do now is gonna be a little bit more difficult. 